absolute dancer's dream. It was. It was, it was like everything I thought it was going to be. And it took them breaking up with me to realise like, oh, I really wasn't happy. There was more out there. There is more out there. And no matter what, there is something out there for everyone. Hello, welcome back. This is the first episode of the new year. I just wanted to come on and say that I think this is the 10th. Yeah, this is the 10th episode. I really, really appreciate if you have listened to it or you've shared or if you've taken something from it and you've really enjoyed it. I really appreciate everyone who listens. This year is going to be so exciting. I've got a lot of really exciting guests lined up really interesting conversations and we're going to start doing video episodes so this one won't be with video but the ones following are all going to have videos it'll be really exciting I'm really excited but today's guest is Georgia she attended Bird College for performing arts in southeast London uh, she was a dancer specializing in musical theater she has had a lifelong dream of being a performer on the West End, but that was completely derailed by the COVID pandemic. And she was told that that performing arts industry may never actually recover. Um, so we discussed how she, through that time when she had to really consider a lot of her sort of life decisions, she really healed her relationship with her body, recognized how she was being super codependent within her relationships and how she actually reached the decision to come out as bisexual to her friends and family during that time. I think this episode is really, really important, really all about reinventing yourself, about accountability, and there's a lot about self-love. So I really hope you enjoy, and yeah, welcome to the 10th episode. Georgia, welcome to the What Your Friends Know podcast. Hi. So how did you get into dance? Were you like instantly into it as a young kid or did you slowly get introduced to it when you got older? I think as a kid, my parents were really um, good at just saying, if you want to try something, you can do it. My auntie and uncle lived in London, so I'm from up north. Coming to somewhere like London when I was little was such like a massive thing it was like wow there's all these things there's loads of lights there's all this creativity and anyone can be anyone they wanted to be and that's what really drew me to like musical theatre you could pretend to be someone you could be someone new at any point you wanted to you could try a new character you could try new things and it was escaping like stuff um at school and obviously I, I wasn't very academic so for me it was very like I was going to my classes, I was doing my sport, I was doing dance classes, gymnastics, ballet, everything, every night of the week. That was, for me, like, my escapism from school. Like, you had to go to school, mm. but they didn't do those sort of things at school. There wasn't... There was sport, but there wasn't dance classes at school. Like, we didn't do that. I saw it as, like, something I could progress in as a career from, my, like, being a child. I was like, this is wow. where I want to be. That's quite important impressive that you knew from at such a young age. Well, dancing is a sport, I guess, and people get into it when they're like nine years old and then they just, it becomes all encompassing and everything. Did you, would you say that you were like a natural born dancer, a natural born performer? Um, I don't know if it was natural. It was something that I loved music. So obviously with music, it's, you're listening to the beats and then like my body would just like 
moved Ooh. with it. Yeah, I'm just like get into the the groove. <laughs> um, but as a kid, I just always was listening to songs in the car and then listening to musical songs and listening to pop artists. And that was like what influenced me into. I wasn't a great skit, like singer or anything like that. But when it came to dancing, I could move. I could feel the music. It sounds really cheesy. But that's really what it was. It was like, ah. Oh. When you're younger, it's more you go to ballet class and it's a lot of structure. So it was all like trying to get to that highest stage. Like I knew I wanted to be on the stage. So it was, it was very structured when I was right. younger. It wasn't until I was like in college and stuff and I could use my skills that I'd learned from like childhood. So you went to a, a regular primary school, but in high school, did you go to a performing arts high school? Was that only you went only you went to a performing arts college? Yeah, so a college just near where I lived. It was like a local college, and that's where I did A level dance and performing arts. Right. Um, was that good? Did you enjoy that? It it was good, but it still was at a lower mm. standard. Yeah. Like it was just a curriculum. You just had to follow the curriculum. You couldn't do other things. It was very much like, this is what you have to, especially dance. The A-level dance was like a lot of written work and stuff like that. And I, it wasn't things I wanted to do, but because I wanted to do it at higher, like uni or something, mm. I knew this is what I should do at college. Um, you find it quite easy at, at uh, A-level dance. Yeah, it was... I can imagine if you've done it your whole life. It was just a bit... And there was people in there that just were doing it for the sake of it. It was still not people that really wanted to do it as a career. It was kind of... They just did it as an option. But then when I had to audition to get into my unis and stuff, so I had to audition, do tapes, and go to London to do all the auditions for every day and stuff like that. And there's, like... I think there's about... There's five or six top dance colleges to go to um and within england um or the world or what they're mainly all based in london right there's only one that's in liverpool that's really good to go to but all the others are in london so you kind of have to be here mm. if you want to do this especially because obviously the west end's here this is where you want to be um auditioning and stuff so you attended bird college which is a performing arts school in southeast london what yeah. was that like that was every it Going into it, it was definitely something I always dreamed it, dreamed of going to. It was one of the top dance colleges. It's one of the best ones to go to. And if you wanted to be a dancer, that's kind of where you needed to be. That and a place called Erdang are the main places for dancers. Um, and it's still out to this day. So from a young kid, I was watching these performers. And I was like, this is where I need to go. Because when you go to see a Western show, it tells you where the come from what colleges they went to mm. so it was like this is where I need to be to like get to this the level I want to be at um going there it was so crazy it was kind of like what you see in movies and stuff it was like That's so cool everyone is there for the same reason everyone wants to be the top everyone wants to be the best it's very competitive um and but it was what I wanted so like I was here like living my little girl dream, dream do you know what yeah. I mean um obviously that was 
the first year was very foundation based. So it was quite boring, but it was like, oh, this is what you need to do to get to the next step, to get to the is next step. Is it just physical classes or is it um, writing and academics? So because this is for people that want to be on the stage, are going to be on the stage. Mm. It was like you started at 8 a.m. in the morning um, you have to be there for warm up and then you would finish sometimes at like quarter to seven, so at night. So it you was dance the whole day. And it would be What was a typical day like? So it would be say ballet for an hour and fifteen, then you have like a fifteen minute break, then you'd go into like an acting lesson for an hour and fifteen. Then you would have like a half an hour break for lunch. Then you'd go into a singing lesson you you would have in individual lessons or group lessons or um stuff like that and then you'd have more dance lessons like jazz contemporary tap so it was yeah like an hour the and dance classes dream absolute dancer's dream it was it was it was like everything i thought it was gonna be that's great it it was exciting I can imagine a performing arts college would be incredible place as a dancer, but also an incredibly high pressure, intense environment to be in. It, yeah, everyone's there for dance and music theatre and singing. It was very like everyone wants to get the best positions or wants to get the best roles or wants to be the top. Um, of the game and a lot of the time you're trying to impress the teachers because you're like oh they, they might get me a job in something mm -hmm. they might um be able to like speak to some someone a choreographer or something and be like oh you need to watch this person so all the time you just was there on display trying you had to give everything obviously you want to but like it was so draining because you were trying to give everything all the time if someone like landed a really big role in the West End within your college, did that happen frequently and were people quite proud of them or was it sort of um, just so competitive that it was not really? So when you're actually in the college, you not a lot of people, you don't audition until you kind of are in third year. Right. But throughout college, you would be auditioning for, so we had like summer shows, there was... Um, outside people coming in all the time so it was always like choreographers and stuff mm -hmm. like that coming in and so it was always performing all the time so you're performing in every class trying to show like if you showed weakness or if you showed a side of you that was having a down day yeah. it was like that's going to affect my whole career which it didn't that's the thing but when you're in it it's like, this is going to affect my whole life. How do you feel about the other aspects of being a performer? Because they sort of have the singing and the acting all rolled into one. And do you have to, do you feel the pressure to perfect all the elements or were you fine with just being the dancer? <clears throat> it was very much like the teachers would be saying, you can't rely on this you can't rely on just dance you can't rely on just acting you need to be able to do all three you need to be the top on everything and so you're there trying to be a singer I did singing lessons before going but I hadn't done it for many years like it was just to help me with my auditions but when you're there you're constantly like even if you're not a singer or, and there's like people who are amazing, you're like watching them because you watch each other all the time. So you'd be watching them like 
oh, they're amazing. I need to be like this. I need to be like them. I need to get better. Why am I not getting this? Why am I not? The comparison would kill you. It And all day, every day, that's what you're doing. Every class, you're like looking in the mirror. What am I looking like? What are they looking like? Judging. Obviously, you have to because you want to get the right positions. You want to get the right technique. But at the same time, there's like the opposite flip side where you're like, judging yourself mm. all the time how what lengths did people go to in order to achieve this sort of like perfect level of um skill in every aspect it people would do whatever it took I was one of those people I think in the first year or two I was definitely always trying to be like that and impress everyone um and you would I was talking to someone like the other day about it and how crazy it is that we would literally do a whole day and still have like a gym membership because we mm. felt like we weren't like skinny enough or we'd like eat like really healthy, which is obviously good. You're meant to eat healthy and stuff like that. But we would, some of my friends, it wasn't me, but some of my friends that I lived with, they would um, choose not to like eat certain meals or choose, even though they're doing a full day of, exercise yeah um they're still thinking oh like the only way I'm gonna get better is if I'm like skinnier or and doing all these different sort of things to make themselves look different but it's because you're just staring at yourself all day and you'd have to go you wouldn't have to but everyone wanted to go in like full makeup especially for the first two years I was definitely like if I'm not in full makeup all day I would literally like it's crazy because even now to think about it I don't put makeup on like all the time but every day I was putting like full foundation like sometimes eyelashes eyeshadow red lipstick eyebrows like and getting up like at like half six or like six to do all this makeup and then run into like classes and that was just the bar that was set yeah and it's because you're always like on a perform in a performance Mm. so and so you've mentioned how prevalent perfectionism is within the performing arts industry, well, within your college. How do you think that shaped you? Because I can imagine at such a young age, having those values and themes drilled into you has probably had some really lasting effects. Yeah, obviously now I've slowly like moved away from the industry mm. due to some of these things, but it still does affect my life when it comes to like jobs and even just normal jobs and stuff like that it's like I need to not like perfect but no failure that's like allowed and you critiqued on everything from like your body from your height from like your hair color everything but some people take it as like oh yeah good feedback like oh I've got some feedback which for a while I did, but then when it gets to the point when you're like, oh. It probably just, it, it accumulates to this point where it's just so heavy that like it's not feedback, it's just adding to the pile of things you need to change about yourself. Yeah. In order to succeed in something that you've... And it's like, I'm, am I ever going to mm. get there? Like how much are you going to have to strip yourself down in order to become this person that you and want to y- be? And you lose who you are. Mm. You, you're like, who, who am I? What was I before this? But have I always been like this? Who could I be? Like, there's all these questions. And when I came out of, like, the college and obviously left in third year, it there was, like, all these questions because you're not so consumed by it all the time. 
there's like all these things that pop up and it's like I've lost loads of these things that I used to be mm. because I've been trying to be someone else. What was it ultimately that made you decide to leave? Did you finish your college? Yeah, yeah. So I finished everything and I I, I did. I tried so hard. I was always, I wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever just to get through the year. No, I always still wanted to, right to the very end, wanted to be the best I could be. Mm. Um, it wasn't until, so I graduated in COVID. So we left uni in like the February when obviously we were meant to graduate in like the June. So I didn't get my final share or anything, mm. but um, I finished my like course at home pretty much. I was dancing in my living room. Um, my dad would literally be coming in with like the Hoover and I'd be like, dad, I'm in the middle of like a ballet class, can you not? <laughs> You're just like, mm, in the background. I'm like, um, can you not? Um, so like, it was a funny time, but yeah, so I graduated in that. And I think, Obviously, then COVID continued for us like a lot longer. So um, I was there just thinking about what do I want? Is this what I want? Um, and then rediscovering myself and trying to find new things that I enjoy. Yeah, because I can imagine that first month out of college would have been so like destabilizing. Been your life your is routine. so long. It's like what what am I doing now? Like I've not got classes at this time. I've not got classes all day. It's like mm. finding a structure, finding all these things and I think obviously being in COVID at the time it was I don't know if it was better it probably was because it allowed me to actually think about everything mm. and what do I want and is this good is this healthy has this been healthy for time. the yeah. for the years I've done it will you credit the COVID lockdowns with inspiring this sort of overhaul of your mental state um, and possibly figuring out who you were without dancing being the central part of your identity Mm. What was that period like for you? I think, well, for everyone, it was, at first it was scary. But for me, the whole, if I look back on the whole time, it it was like, yeah, the best, the best thing that ever happened because it allowed me to take time. I think sometimes you're always rushing around. And if I had just gone straight out of college and gone straight into the performing world and auditions after auditions after auditions, I think it would have just spiralled so much worse and I would have been a lot worse in the and thinking, oh, I still need to do this. So having that breather and no one was able to do any performing, no one was ever able to go on stage. So everyone was like in lockdown. Mm. So like there was no like competing. That bit was gone because no one could do it. So it was it was a nice time to just breathe and I actually think, oh, is this what I want? Is this mentally good for me? Is this making me think, oh, I need to be a certain weight? Is this like taking away everything that I thought I would be at this mm -hmm. age? Or were you? Did you right now? Do you still want to be a performer in the West End, or is that a reality that you've sort of? Um, come to terms with is probably not going to be your future I would never say never I've always been one of those people that I'm like in the future I'd never say oh no if some if a job came up and I really really wanted it mm. I would be like okay yeah I'm gonna give it a shot but right now it's it's not something that I think is gonna help me in life because for me it just there's so, so many things within the industry that are great 
and amazing when you get there but everything underneath is just like so much work it's quite a dark and dark side of it yeah and it's just like do I want to keep looking at myself in a negative way which some people might not but for me it was always a negative way because I'm looking at myself thinking I need to change everything about myself Mm. or I need to stay a certain weight I need to stay how I was when I left college um and it's just so draining always thinking like that Mm. it's just bringing me down like so much and like for now it's like I need to work on not being and just being strong in myself and being my own person and thinking about what I need in life and finding something I enjoy that won't take away who I am because at college I always wanted to I'm I love piercings I love tattoos I love like dyeing my hair there was always things I wanted to do but they were always like, you can't do any of those things because you're not going to get this job if you do that. And But, like, they're things I'm interested in. Well, I know it's, like, so small, like, piercings and stuff like that, but ever since I've not been doing it, I'm like, oh, I get to do all the things I wanted to do as a kid and, like, and try and explore and experiment and stuff like that. What, what are you willing to sacrifice? And, like, that was your individuality. You weren't actually willing to sacrifice your individuality, which is, makes sense. Yeah, a lot of my, a lot of people are still, like my one of my friends, it depends what jobs you want, but one of my friends is so, they are very like individual, they have like orange hair and stuff like that, but that's their brand and that works for the commercial side of, so like if you want to be in musical music videos and stuff like that, that kind of works, the individuality, yeah. and it is getting better, the industry is getting a lot better with those sort of things. So do you think because of the way that you are, the way that you look and the way that you dance, you had to fit into the category of like the typical... Like uh, classical, more like look. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which was like obviously brown hair and... You had to be plain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was like a blank canvas sort of thing that they were allowed to like add stuff on to. I think some people have made like a career out of like, like I say, some of my friends are being different. But I, yeah, wouldn't have fit in there. Now I'm, I'm definitely, I'm a lot happier for not consuming myself. It's still hard. It's hard because it's all something I've always wanted to do. Mm. It's like something you really, really want to do all your life, and then come into terms with like the fact that it's probably not right. It's not what you should be doing. So that is like a massive thing. How long did that take you before you decided like, okay, wh- how long did that? idea have to resonate with you before you realize that it's like a re- it's actually going to become your reality like you might not be a west end performer it, it's only happened recently so it's only happened probably in the last three months wow. like three months i was for year, like yeah like three years after no a couple of years after graduating now it's only come to now for me to realize actually there's so much so many things out there that I enjoy Mm. that I get so much joy out of and there are other things that I can do there's not just this one thing that I put myself in a box in for like so many years like I have to do this Um, and I've been able to open the box a bit and like explore things and been like oh no there is a lot of joy I can get from other careers Mm. and that will give me the same feeling I'll be able to use my skills that I've like got over the years much passion for it it's so evident it's something that you're super 
you love, you know? Yeah, I'll never not go to see shows. I'll never not, mm. like, watch the films and all of that. Like, there's things, I'm listening to music and I still dance in my kitchen. I still dance and perform, but it's not to a wider audience and it's not putting pressure on myself. Mm. The pressure is just, like, and it feels like such a weight off your shoulders when you just allow that light of other things to come into your life. Mm. What was the... What do you think the short-term impacts of you making that decision, you know, that new lightness that you feel? Did you feel that in impacted other areas of your life, like maybe your relationships or like how you were socially? Uh, yeah, 100%. I feel over this year that other things that have happened as well, not just to like remove myself from the dance world, um, but I've just been able to make friends. I don't know, like when you just, like for us, for instance, we met like on a bus so like usually I'd be so closed off I wouldn't even speak to someone but it's just like why not like enjoy life why not just allow yourself to be happy and not always like oh this person's out there to find something wrong with me do you know what I mean like that was all I think with dancing that was always the thing like oh they're looking for something a flaw yeah and that even though they might not be, they just they want to find great people. Mm. But in my head, it was always like, oh, they don't want me because of all these other things going on. And that's what happened in like friendships and stuff like that. It was like they probably don't want to be friends with me because, like, of all these other things, maybe I'm not like as nice or like I don't know as loving or whatever. But obviously, that was just something that was in my head. It wasn't a reality. It was just something I was creating. So I was able to just allow myself to calm down and breathe and think, no, I am like valuable and I am worthy of all this happiness and I might as well just share it with everyone as well. During COVID that you decided to come out to your current your boyfriend at the time as being bisexual mm -hmm. how long do you think you'd been grappling with your sexuality in that way before you decided to share it I think ever since I was like young like even like at primary school and stuff like that I've always been like I don't know into girls but then I think over the years just like society has just made me feel like I need to be a certain way and I need to like have a husband and have kids when I'm older and stuff like that and especially in my family are quite was my dad mainly was very like old values mm. um this is what you're probably going to have this is what your life's going to look like hopefully if you're lucky and stuff like that um so when it was in lockdown and I was like reading books like women don't owe you pretty was one of my favorite ones if you, she's amazing and she written she's I think like a year or two younger than me that young yeah so she's young and she's written this book so I was able to just sit and read it and actually concentrate on all these things that I didn't realize I was doing that was societal norms mm. all these things like not shaving like not shaving and stuff like this like all these little things that you just like don't realize they've come from something yeah and all these like to do with like bisexuality and stuff like that a lot of my like thought process was just like through norms of what I thought I needed to be like. Mm. And even though a lot of my friends at like uni and one of my best friends from when I was um, like 17, like were gay and stuff like that. But I just always was just like, 
oh, it's nothing, like, do you know what I mean? I just obviously have, like, a little crush on, like, certain people. Like, it's nothing. Um, and it wasn't until, like, yeah, lockdown, I was like, oh, okay. No, like, I actually should just allow myself to, like, explore this a bit more and be like, okay, I need to just say this is <laughs> this is it, like, I am. And and it was, a, it was hard at first because I was like, oh, once it's out there, it's it's out there, and especially for like my boyfriend at the time, I was like, oh, obviously I'm gonna tell them first. I need to speak to them about all these like feelings I've had bottled up for a while. Um, and when I like told him and stuff, like obviously they were like respectful and everything and understanding. Like this is something that I've had to deal with, but at the same time it's like weird because like someone you've been with, we were like together for like four years at that point, is like all of a sudden like telling you this it can be a bit like oh well how have you not known like sort of situation but like you you don't always predict like stuff like that like you don't know when you're gonna feel certain things for people mm. and um yeah it was it was just the right time and it just allowed me to like open up a bit more with I think only recently you see bisexuality especially portrayed in TV and film. And, I mean, TV and film informs how we view the world. It's just an undeniable fact. Yeah. But, um, and so it's, bisexuality has been shown in TV recently as just this, like, it doesn't, it's not this label that once someone comes out as bisexual, it's absolutely, it's every aspect of their being, their appearance, yeah. their, how they live, all they can talk about, you know, it, it's... And that's what it used to be viewed as. And same yeah. with being gay and being lesbian and other sexualities, you know. I think it's only recently that it's sort of like you can be bisexual and also, like, that doesn't have to define absolutely yeah. every aspect of your entire life. I mean, like, still, like, I've spoken about before, like, to friends and stuff, like, still today, I think it's, like, in my brain that everyone out there, if I tell them, they're going to think, oh, like, she must fancy me or, like... Mm -hmm. When I was telling my friends, it was weird, like, because I was like, oh, I hope they don't have these, like, thoughts of, like, these old thoughts of, oh, mm. if she must fancy me. It's like, oh, no, like, I'm, you're my friend. Like, I've always seen you as that. Like, I think I would have, something by now would have happened, but obviously not. But, and when you tell older generation and stuff like that, I still have that, like, oh. When I, because of people I work with at the moment, they're like older and stuff. I wouldn't just openly just randomly, like you don't randomly go, I'm straight, like, <laughs> so I'm not gonna randomly go like, I'm bisexual, like just randomly. So. How has your dad um, responded to it now that he's sort of come to terms with, because you said he had, he held quite traditional beliefs about um, you having a husband yeah. and kids. Yeah, and I think that's obviously like, just he's oh, been his dream for his kids to mm. have. Um, he's always been respectful of my friends and loves my friends that are gay and stuff like that. So it was never like, oh, he wasn't homophobic or anything. So like, um, but he was, yeah. I think when you find out your child is, it's like a different experience. And um, for him, it was just like, oh, like, how is she feeling like this? Like, I don't understand where this has come from and all this. And that's not how I've, brought her up like I don't know but it's nothing to do with him mm. but I think sometimes that's what they think and um for him it was like a difficult situation at first but obviously having the society we do now and like with like films and like, loads more talk about it and like acceptance and everything for him it's been a lot easier like if I would 
would have told him like maybe like 50 years ago if I was like from that timeline it would have been like completely different and mm. but like the world is slowly progressing and still getting there but for him now he's yeah we I saw him last weekend and it was like amazing to just sit down and actually like have a conversation where he wasn't trying to like belittle it or anything he was just wanting the best asking questions yeah. yeah and he like we were having like conversations and he was like oh I'm talking to this with my daughter like he would never expect to like talk like that with a daughter he doesn't have a son so and I'm like well oh yeah like, talk about woman yeah. yeah like stuff and like he's like how am I talking about this with my daughter I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like but yeah it's not like I was just like yeah it's 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 nice it was a nice moment to have because it's been like two years Mm. since I've said it so yeah it was it was a nice moment to like for him to just be like yeah and he will always be my biggest supporter like he I know he will even though he was still coming to terms with it if someone ever said anything Mm. he would still be there like backing me up so you've mentioned how you fear that other other people might judge you judge you now that you've been open about your sexuality Mm. how would you say you've sort of navigated those fears navigated those thoughts um yeah so like I said I I do get quite nervous when I'm like about to tell people because or like say if they're like oh yeah like I don't know like this guy or whatever and then I'm like like or they're, they're not going to know unless, like, I say maybe something, like, about a girl or something, I don't know. And then I'm like, oh, how are they going to respond? And for me, now it's just trying to work through why does it matter, how they're going to respond. Like, it doesn't, like, obviously that just mean comes across how they are as a person, yeah, not me. Them, yeah. Like, it reflects on them. Um, and it's just understanding that you, you might like lose people but like that makes them a bad person not you I said this analogy to my friend the other day and she loved it it's the saying that um like the trash takes it I love it when the trash takes itself out like, yeah you know you you express you if you were to say mention to someone that you are by and then they responded badly well then they're going to remove themselves from yeah. your life and then yeah. it's just the trash taking itself out you don't have to deal with it you it's, know yeah that is so true and it is a good saying because that is but it's saying like that for me i just want to be okay with everyone i just mm-hmm. want to have like everyone to be okay and have like friends and everything and that's what i've always wanted and it's just but then that's not like the real like that's not real life so it's not conducive to actually being your true self and that's like what your journey is now. and I can't control how they're going to react to something I just have to be yeah true to who I am and solid in who I am and happy with who I am and that's something now I feel a lot better about um but like say if you asked me like I don't know in January it would have been like a different story mm. but that's just because there's been so many months and months of work to get to this point where I'm like no I am secure in myself I do feel great about who I am and this is me I'm not going to change all these things about me just for someone else it's not going to be a thing anymore Mm. so if they want to remove themselves then be my guest yeah like there's a door (laughs) walk out (laughs) what would you tell young Georgia who was possibly first grappling with the idea of you maybe being bisexual um um, I'd probably just say it's going to be fine. You're going to be accepted at some point and, like, oh, like, your family are going to be okay with it. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Like, don't worry, like, oh, if you're going to be 
like not received right by like family or like even like aunties and uncles and grandparents and stuff like that don't worry about what they think it's you like this is your journey and I've it's hard because obviously I wouldn't have done it at a younger age maybe in the generation now might have been different like if I was born now maybe if I was like a younger self I probably maybe would have felt a bit more like oh yeah no I can be who I want to be Mm -hmm. but back then it was still there was nothing you wouldn't you wouldn't see two people like like two men kissing on TV, like you just wouldn't really. I mean, there's so, so, so far to go, but it's it's a nice thought to know that if like, maybe if young Georgia was born today. Yeah, yeah. And now that you've come out to people around you um, and your family, what do you think the biggest misconception was that you had about coming out? Um, Definitely that um, they're not going to want me around. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh... It's going to be like, oh, bye. Yeah, you're not going to be in my life. I think with family, it, that was the hardest point. Like friendships, like you say, you can kind of like be like, okay, like, yeah, if you don't want to be part of my life, then I guess that's yes, it. it. We're not going to be friends. Mm. But whereas with family, it's just like, oh, like they're going to be around sort of thing and I know a lot of people like lose their relationships with their family due to like coming out and stuff like that Mm. um when I was younger me and my dad would always have arguments because I would be on about like sexuality and stuff like that and he had like obviously different views but it was just how he was brought up like from being like in a small town and like council estate sort of vibes and not having much education so definitely I was we're always there, like, having conversations with him, trying to, like, embed it, even because, like, it definitely was there in my mind. But now I was, when I was older, I was just like, no, I need to do it now because this is obviously... I've moved out as well and, like... Yeah. It didn't... Obviously, having your family is, like, the best thing and having them support you is the best thing. But, like, if it didn't work out, I had, like... Obviously, A safety net. Yeah. So, but it's best having them there. Yeah. And about five months after you came out, you and your quite quite long-term boyfriend mm. broken up. And this is still during COVID. Yeah. Um, was that linked to you coming out or was there other reasons that contributed to that? It was like a reason, like a small, probably a small reason. Mm. Because like obviously when you do come out, you start changing. You're like, you just like being more yourself. Um, it was obviously not nice for them to go through like that sort of change because they've seen like a certain person for the for four years before prior to that it but I wanted the thing the relationship to work mm. and it took them breaking up with me to realize like oh I really wasn't happy but like when you're in a relationship that for so long it always feels like oh no this is it's gotta work it's gotta work mm. like for me it was always like it's gotta work I'm gonna make it work even if they don't want to live in London I'm gonna move wherever they want to be I was I was going to give up everything I wanted to be with this person um but I still wasn't happy but I just didn't realize that I didn't realize I was happy like I'd be angry all the time I'd like be treating my family like rubbish just to for the sake of this relationship working to be happy around them I was like being horrible to other people and people like I should have been like a lot kinder too because they're the ones that are still around today 
So it, but it takes coming out of something sometimes to realize. Yeah. So you said that it, this was sort of your lowest point while you were out going through this breakup. Yeah. Possibly because you were being faced with the reality of the situation, um, which you hadn't viewed for so long. Because it's just like when you're in a relationship, it your brain, your brain does you're weird on things. Top of each other. Yeah. And and you're just always with each other. Like in lockdown, we lived. We were living at my family home as well so we were always together together and um, I know that works for a lot of people and it's meant to make you stronger I think but like for us it clearly didn't and like we're forcing it to like happen so when it ended it was like oh, my whole like life has just been like taken do you know what I mean the whole like for me when I was like moving away from dancing and obviously realizing that slowly that that maybe that wasn't for me and then they were like oh I really want to move to Manchester and I was like oh maybe that will be a new start for me I'll go and do that but that was their way of being like oh Mm. we need to like do you know what I mean but for me it was like no I'll go and do everything for you and I'll change my whole self for you so like but I didn't realize I was doing that in my head until like after and like a year later when you like actually think oh no I was doing all this for them when really I should have been living like, for yourself yeah. yeah and and when they left or like broke up with me it was like such a massive thing because I was like oh my whole like m- worth and my whole like meaning for life has gone mm. like it's just gone like musical my whole dreams of yeah, music and everything do you think that you sort of swapped out dance for this relationship you should have shifted your identity, consciously or subconsciously, shifted your identity from being a dancer to being a girlfriend. Yeah, I was. Yeah, even when I was in like my third year, like final year or second year, I was always not doing things for dance and like doing things to be with them. Mm. And I'd be like not going to certain parties or like seeing making friends and connections. I would be doing that with them and being like, well, this is what my life is going to be. I'm going to be with them for the rest of my life, so I need to concentrate on them. And it's crazy to think that I ever thought like that because I would never feel like that with someone. And you shouldn't feel like that with someone. You should feel like, oh, I want to be with them, but like, I'm not going to give up everything in my life to be with them, which I would have done. I would give up family, uh, everything. And when they left, that's why it felt like... World ending. Like what is there to like live for sort of mm. thing it was it was very much like what else everything's gone my whole life's gone yeah I'm such an advocate for hitting like your rock bottom in that sense because I think that some of the best developments that you can make in your life are born from truly hitting rock bottom and then being forced to reevaluate your life and take inventory of what what's meaningful to you because I think that otherwise it's not serious enough to to make you stop and think about it. Yeah. Um, obviously, when you're going through it, it's, like, horrible. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is never going to end. Like, there's only one. There's, like, yeah, there's two outcomes of this. You either, like, are going to pick yourself up and make make it happen or you're just going to be like okay no this is it I'm, mm. like there's no more I can live for um and there was definitely a point where I was like I was very much like there's 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 no like nothing else to live for if it wasn't for my um my sister being at home in lockdown at the time 
like I, I don't know what would have happened because like she was the one thing and plus I got like a little side job at Tesco because I was like what did you do in lockdown mm. I need to save money so I got like a little job and if, if it wasn't for those two things like I definitely I don't know what would have happened because I was at such a low point but I needed to get there and see so many obviously lockdown was hard because like you can't go and do all these exciting things Mm. um but I was able to just like read stuff I was able to like go on long like walks with my thoughts and just think about everything and not to the point where you're like making yourself feel worse about everything Mm, yeah there's two different ways (laughs) like it's not like oh thinking about everything and like just getting really emotional and like crying all the time which Mm. did happen sometimes but you need to like let it out to to move forward and I definitely did have to hit the rock bottom but also you have to be the one to like pull yourself out at the end even though I had these things like my sister and that I I could have still like do you know what I mean but I didn't because yeah because I just knew there was more out there. There is more out there. And no matter what, there is something out there for everyone. Mm. And I think a lot of people, they just, they like hone in on these, like the, the bad things and think, oh, this is what I thought my life was going to be. And it's not. And that, that's why it's no, and there's no reason for living. Mm. But no, there's... <laughs> like in the past two years all these things that have happened I'm like I could have like missed out on do you know what I mean which Mm -hmm. I wouldn't known about but there's all these things that there is to live for and there's so much out there so when you hit the bottom you just gotta remember like okay breathe this is for this has happened for a reason like there's a reason behind this like I'm gonna get get better from here yeah I can only get better You've said that you can't make anyone do anything they don't want to. They'll have to want to do it, and that's so true. Like, you can't actually force someone to get this momentum in their life. Like, it's like trying to move a horse. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can't move a horse. You have to get the horse to move itself. Yeah. How long did it take you to realise that it was going to have to be an internal source of motivation in order to begin to heal and sort of move on from that relationship? I don't, I don't know where it came from, like, the specifics of where it came from for like getting better but I think there was just like a moment where you just there and you're like you kind of see yourself again because at the time I lost so much weight I lost like over a stone and I hadn't got that to lose like and I think it took when you realize and you look at yourself and you're like oh my gosh where have I gone where am I? Like, I'm literally looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I don't look like anything I've ever looked like before. Mm. And so it's like, you see this and you're like, this is not me. I am better than this. I deserve a lot better than this and I deserve to get better. Um, and I'm worthy of being here. So um, that's when I realised to like, oh, I need to work on this. This is something that I need to work on. Mm. And at the time, all I could do was like, read or like look at sources on obviously having like the internet and stuff like that you can there's so much I could access from like being at home and stuff um but just seeing that there's all these new avenues that you can go down and that there's yeah reading for me was the main thing I would buy new books that were on like self-love self-worth and like poem books and all this that 
we're about to see the light at the end of the tunnel because there is like always a light at the end of the tunnel mm. no matter what situation you're in just remember that there's like it's gonna get dark but there is that light and you've just gotta get through it um like there's billions of people on this planet like if billions of people on this planet can figure out a reason to live and like the fact that there's things on this planet to to motivate you to live and to inspire you and to make you happy and whatever yeah there's clearly something out there that you can find yeah there's so there's so much out there but i think when you're Mm. like in a small environment if i'd stayed like obviously i moved back home in covid so like if i'd stayed there like i would have just I don't know, like, that's why I knew there was more out there. I'm being lucky to have been in London previously. I knew that there was so much more out there um, that I could live for. So, yeah, definitely. It seems like you've used the concept of self-accountability, so, like, taking, accepting responsibility for your part in things and asking for forgiveness, say, with, like, your sister and your family and your friends that you pushed, you separated yourself from. But this people get really angry with the idea of self accountability, sort of the fact that you've played a part in something. You've played yeah. a part in contributing to why you feel the way that you feel. Um, but I think that that's also such a freeing idea because then if you've played a part, you can fix it. Shifting blame to other people, then you also sh- are shifting the responsibility for your own healing to other people. And that's yeah. never no, going to come. Not. No one's ever going to help you heal yourself. No. They're healing themselves. Like, the person that hurt you is not going to help you heal. Like, mm. so, or, like, the situation of, like, a friendship being lost, that's not going to heal you by being friends with them again. Um, and, yeah, just, like, self-evaluating myself and just looking at, like... Because some people could think, oh, by doing that, oh, like, I'm really judging myself and, like, making myself feel worse. But, no, if, like, I'm writing it... Um, for me, it was always writing it down. If I'm writing it down, what I've been like and what I can work on then I'm just like seeing it on the paper and I'm like okay but that that's something that I I know I can do yeah it's like tangible and now you yeah can that. and also being able to sort of critically assess how you behaved in certain situations I think that once you accept responsibility for maybe the downfall in a friendship for example because me especially I definitely like in the past of have blamed myself entirely for why a friendship didn't work out. But it's then, a two-way street. Exactly. Well. And also once you once you accept that, like, okay, you did do this part, I did mm-hmm. play this part, yeah. maybe I wasn't the best friend in that aspect, then it's like, okay, well, now I can move on from that. Now yeah. there's no – I don't have a string linking me to that person. I don't feel guilty for the, how that ended. Um, yeah. and, and that's, like, healthy, though, as well. Some people just don't want to look into it and look deep into, like, what they have done to like make this situation happen and I th- it's just so much healthier that way in the long run at the beginning it's like when you first realize you need to do this to like make yourself a better person it's like so like oh like soul crushing like I thought I was like this I thought I was a, mm. like a good person and obviously everyone is but there's like flaws to everyone and um, but when you realize like you can work on things and you can create healthier relationships and that's what you need in your life you don't want the, all these like toxic friendships and stuff like that you just need to work on yourself and allow people to like come into your life Mm, i've been focusing a lot recently on the concept of um like what what's the narrative you're telling yourself in your head and how 
you're able to change the narrative and it will be it will change how you view your whole life. If you say that you're bad in relationships, if you say that you're a bad friend, no, sorry, if you say that you're a good friend, then you're you're always a good friend and it couldn't possibly be your fault if a friendship ends. Yeah. Then you're not actually putting yourself in any type of position to be able to become a better friend because you already think that you've like self-actualize you've reached the peak of friendship yeah, because there's told no yourself. more growth that's exactly and then if if a friendship does end then you're s- simply just looking at what the other person did, did. wrong yeah. and they're gonna resent you for yeah, that yeah yeah like, sure don't that that's happened to me in the past that's how i used to it used to be like oh, like what's this person like they're obviously horrible like mm. that's how i used to respond to things and but like for me to move forward and like to build he- good relationships with people and healthy relationships i need to understand that like if I if someone's upset there's a reason why Mm. this is like the thing where it's like you're self-reflective on yourself but some people aren't self-reflective on themselves once I lost those like not lost those friends but like weren't friends with those people anymore it built space it allowed space Mm. for me to have better people something better yeah you will undoubtedly find a better partner you're yeah. not going to go backwards, no. especially if you haven't done all this work on you. Well, yeah, if you've got, you do the work and stuff like that, of course. Don't ask it, but yeah. in the previous episode um, and in a few of my episodes, I feel like I center, I focus a lot on the negatives that come from committing 100% to a sport or a hobby or a craft mm-hmm. or something. And I think there is something to be said for the fact that you do you do um, sacrifice a lot um, of your humanity in some ways to be this, like, successful, mm-hmm. um, amazing athlete or dancer or um, artist or whatever. Yeah. Um, but what do you think was something that you loved about being completely all in to one goal and one dream um I did love like when I was at school and stuff like that people would be like oh so like talk about what they want to do with their lives Mm -hmm. and I was always like well I know what I'm doing I know what I'm doing and like everyone will always be like oh that's amazing that you know what you're doing and you're so like driven and like all these things and and I always would be like I already know what I'm doing in my life so when it was at school I was like obviously I tried my best and stuff but in like all my subjects and did well but I always had that goal and there was always that goal and I could just concentrate on that and think there was a target and I was going somewhere and in my in myself I always knew I was going to be there so it was all it was it's always a good thing when you have passion because um and especially when you enjoy something so much I did enjoy it and I did enjoy being at college like the dancing side I loved like mm. creating things and I loved doing all that and that's what I wanted but it's obviously just happened to like make it worse in the long run but like having a goal is it yeah. is beautiful and even now like I'm, I, I st- still take with me like all the things I've learned like being punctual being like organized having everything you need like going to things with like a clear head and you know where you were gonna be so when I I'm going into teaching and stuff like that I know that I want to do this and I will like I will still have like notes and work hard and good work ethic because I've learned all these things from Mm. going to a dance college from committing you know what it's what it means to give everything and get everything out of it 
Yeah. yeah, and like making a good impression. I know all these things that I've learned from that world, I take into every, any interview I go into. I'm always like that. So there is a lot I've learned from this. And so at the end of each episode, we have a little segment called What Your Notes Know, where you like get your phone out and read us one of your notes. I have so many okay. random things. Okay, <laughs> this is fun. But people have done like quotes or yeah, movie absolutely. recommendations or... Um, I wrote something like, the person that hurt you will never know your pain, so don't waste your time on trying to explain. Yeah. Like, you know, when like people like type massive paragraphs and like to send to someone of like, this is how you've made me feel all these things instead of just like focusing on themselves and just being like, I don't need to explain anything to anyone. Mm. I, I was hurt and now I'm working on it, but I don't need to like for them to feel every emotion that I've ever felt. Yeah. Like I don't need to like tell them about this. Like <laughs> it's not going to make me feel any better. Okay, you well, don't need to know this. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. It's I hope okay. you enjoyed. I did. I did. It's weird to like reopen things when you've like rehash it. Yeah, when you've like healed things mm. or like not forgotten about it but kind of like put it to bed. So reflecting it's quite, like, on it. Yeah. Yes. It's like reflecting it on a different light like in the past I would probably be like sobbing mm. and like to not be like that is like yeah Gross. amazing <laughs> mm.